Welcome to HSBC Global Viewpoint, the podcast series that brings together business leaders and industry experts to explore the latest global insights, trends, and opportunities. Make sure you're subscribed to stay up to date with new episodes. Thanks for listening, and now on to today's show. Welcome to the Emerging Market Spotlight, a podcast series from HSBC. The emerging markets landscape is more complex than ever, at a time of divergent monetary policy, high commodity prices, supply chain disruptions, and geopolitical tensions. Join us as we speak with world's leading institutional investors, experts, policymakers, and thought leaders. To explore the challenges and opportunities, make sure you subscribe to HSBC Global Viewpoint and stay up to date with new episodes. Thanks for listening, and now on to today's show. Hello, and thank you for joining. I have the pleasure of starting off the conversation, which is going to be focused on digital innovation in markets. Uh, Web3, NLP, which is natural language processing, AI, artificial intelligence, blockchain, and more. With that, my name is Jeff Wertheimer. I'm responsible for HSBC's e-sales efforts across markets. And I have the pleasure of being joined by some of the bank's senior most leaders that are driving innovation in markets for, for HSBC. Uh, just quick introductions. We have Mark Williams. Uh, Mark is a managing director. Uh, part of the GFX eRisk team, also the global head of FX partnerships and propositions. I think interestingly for this conversation, he has experienced trading, operations, technology, been a COO, a good person to help us figure out how to get into the next generation of markets. Uh, also has a lot of experience with transformation programs. And I have to highlight it, Mark, because I saw it. Uh, his job is to assess the use of ABCDE, which is AI, blockchain, cloud data, and ecosystems. So very cool, Mark, and thanks for joining us. Next, we have uh, have Dr. Ash Booth. He's the, the head of artificial intelligence for markets and security services. He has a data science background, um, also an entrepreneurial background, and has good experience working at hedge funds as well. Uh, perhaps most importantly, he has a PhD uh, in the application of machine learning to algorithmic trade execution. And last, but certainly not least, is, is Asif Sharani. So Asif runs the EMEA syndicate desk in London uh, and also the DCM business for the public sector globally. So Asif, I, I think you're probably quite busy. Um, you've been with HSBC for a while. And uh, I think for this conversation, the most notable pieces were you were part of the IBOR transition. It was obviously a major undertaking at a large bank um, in, in EMEA. DCM, um, and also you're now spearheading the digital transition for capital markets, which again, I think is a big part of what we're talking about today. Uh, but Mark, kicking off um, with a, a pretty broad topic and our first couple buzzwords of the day, digital currencies and assets. It's, uh, it's a broad topic. It's a hot topic. Um, you can't really escape without seeing it on a reasonably daily basis. When we think about the whole landscape, um, just in your view, how should our audience and our clients be, be, be thinking about the landscape? Well, thanks very much, Jeff, and, and hello, everyone. Uh, I think 
there's a few things with uh, how we look at digital currencies and assets. And and first and foremost, uh, financial services is going through its blockbuster to Netflix moment. So the way that we look at uh, digital currencies and assets at HSBC is we look at it as a three plus one. We look at central bank digital currencies and we've been uh, providing research papers and a number of different experiments with CBDC since 2017. So it's not a new topic for us. Secondly, we look at stablecoins. Um, at the moment, we're keeping a watching brief on that. We, we're looking forward to seeing some robust regulation come in place before stablecoins can be used some more broadly throughout uh, the digital assets and currency space. And thirdly, we look at uh, cryptocurrencies. So as a bank, and this is true for all our peers across the street, uh, we do not touch the cash side or the underlying, but we do look at the uh, derivative side of things. So that's where we look at exchange traded products that are traded on regulated exchanges, uh, for example, futures on the CME, and it's traded in fiat currencies. And, and the, the fourth one or the plus one is probably one of the more important ones today. And Asif will, will chime in on later on is looking at tokenization. So we're looking at how do we tokenize bonds? How do we tokenize gold? And how do we put these new, new stores of value and payment onto distributed ledger technology uh, or blockchain? I think everybody, including me, knows what, what, what crypto, crypto is. Um, CBDC, you've just covered, right? Um, but, but maybe worth a second to explain them. And also, you've used the term uh, tokenization. But if we could just give a little bit of a definition for, for what they are, I think it might help us understand how it all hangs together. So on, on tokenization, that's where we look to do a or tokenize a, a gold bar, for example, and we'll have a, a digital representation of that gold bar on uh, distributed ledger technology or, or blockchain. Um, or in ASF's case, that's where we're looking to tokenize a, uh, a bond and put that onto, onto blockchain technology. And we're using blockchain or distributed ledger technology as a, as a uh, safe, immutable transport layer for streaming, going back to our blockbuster to Netflix moment, for streaming uh, financial services and products to our clients in a safe, immutable way. And when we do that, that helps us uh, on a number of different levels. Firstly, um, removing a lot of operational friction, uh, improving transparency, workflow of those uh, financial services as they move along the distributed ledger technology, and also order trail. So we know precisely where the, the bond is and the cash that's associated to the bond or within uh, foreign exchange when we're looking at uh, FX settlements, knowing precisely where that foreign exchange deal is from time of deal capture through to settlement. Uh, another good example uh, with that uh, is central bank digital currencies, looking at an experiment that we did last year with uh, with Banque de France, uh, where we issued uh, or Banque de France issued a, uh, a CBDC uh, euro bond in the primary market. We then stored that in our digital vault uh, and we sold that to one of our, our clients in the secondary market. Uh, and then uh, the following day, we rolled the, the experiment forward and we received coupon payment from uh, Banque de France. And per our client standard settlement instructions, we did a foreign exchange conversion to another synthetic CBDC and then sent that into their bank account. So when we're looking at CBDCs and what we're trying to solve for there, that's looking at uh, how do we solve the Rubik's Cube of CBDCs, and that is wholesale, retail, token-based, account-based domestic 
and cross-border. Uh, so that was a really good way of experimenting. And then for the, the markets folks, what was really interesting and cool with that experiment was that that was across primary markets, secondary markets, and also FX. So it looked at the full life cycle of that, uh, that particular digital instrument as it flowed through that uh, life cycle. One is the advantages of blockchain. Clearly, there's a lot of advantages that, that Mark mentioned very briefly, but to add to the increased transparency uh, and efficiency that we've seen for DLT and blockchain, there's also many other things that you could add to it. One from a financial market perspective is clearly improved capital optimization, reduced counterparty risk, and all this predominantly comes from the technology that exists on DLT and the fact that we can have instant settlement. So shorter settlement cycles, this comes with bonds or trading any assets really, and bonds my speciality, so I'll uh, use that as an example here. But when you have shorter settlement cycles, you have reduced counterparty risk, that's fairly obvious. But you also have increased capital efficiency, in particular for banks. And, and uh, I like always giving the example of primary markets, which again is what I do on a daily basis. You normally have a primary on transaction settled T plus five in terms of settlement cycle from the trade date, five business days after that bond is created uh, and actually is in the settlement systems. Uh, we could achieve with DLT and using blockchain atomic settlement. That would allow us to settle instantaneously. So T plus zero settlement cycles could come the norm uh, as long as the rest of the ecosystem uh, moves to a more efficient uh, technology, which again, blockchain would provide. Uh, so that means as a bank, normally we would have to set aside capital for five days in that example. Here, we don't have to set any capital aside. So there is no risk of us from a counterparty perspective. We have more capital to play with that we could put into more uh, efficient uh, use. So, so you have a huge amount of not only financial benefits, but also efficiency gains that, that Mark uh, uh, described. And just whilst we're speaking about tokenization as well, it's a hugely interesting field and Mark's work uh, and, and, and the team's work on, on the gold tokenization or our work on a bond tokenization platform. Uh, you know, I think this is really game changing and we're seeing a lot more from the investor community, uh, you know, a lot more asset managers uh, looking at how to tokenize uh, various different assets. And one of the benefits is that you can scale your operations, but you can also fractionalize assets and that allows for a better distribution. After this year's crypto crash, which is something um, probably everyone in the investor space is aware of, is there still appetite in the market for growth in this sector? I think it depends. This depends what you're defining as a sector. The way we look at the technology is that it's something that compares to the legacy systems. And this is legacy systems, not only at banks, but financial institutions across the globe. Um, you know, blockchain has many advantages when it comes to comparing to the legacy systems. And again, we'll touch upon those in more detail. Uh, so we're talking